0: Janice R. Cohen. Hey y'all, this is Janice Cohen, the Intuitive Therapist, here on the Intuitive Therapist podcast. So glad you're joining me today to hear what I have to talk about today. Uh, I always love doing this, doing the podcast, and thankfully gotten some great feedback and, uh, and I love that too. So my hope is that each uh, episode is helpful. I have clients all the time Uh, who come to me because they get stuck and they don't know what to do. They, they say they don't know what to do. Um, and interestingly enough, and I giggle because I know after 26 years of doing this, that everybody knows how to get unstuck. They just get stuck in thinking that they're stuck. So The focus of today's podcast is talking about the key to getting unstuck when you feel stuck. So I wanna ask you a question. How many times have you felt like you've had no other options but the ones you come up with? Have you ever thought about that? Like when you get stuck, you're thinking, I can only do A or B, and you're in your own trap of your own mind. How many times have you felt trapped and stuck and panicked in your life, not knowing where to turn for help or what next steps to take to get out of the dark hole that you think you're in. On a regular basis, like I told you, I encounter clients who struggle to see beyond the options of their mind. And to be honest, I, trust me, I've been stuck in that optionless place myself and it truly sucks, it made made me miserable. I felt trapped, I felt stuck, I felt resourceless. And clients who come to me feeling this way they also have a hard time thinking outside of their proverbial thought box and they get themselves into a whole bunch of emotional mess because they believe they have no way out. So have you ever wondered what actually happens to you when you feel stuck and out of options? Like what's the snag that happens? When I was thinking about this question, what came to my mind is that when we feel stuck, we tend to forget how to look at a situation differently. And all that really means, y'all, is learning to think like somebody else, not us. And it's so hard. It's so hard. But I'm going to talk to you about how to do that because I truly believe that, that today's podcast can, can help you, those of you who feel like you can't get out of your own way to solve a challenge or, or figure out another way to, to do something. So it's like you're calling on one of your archetypes. Uh, And I'm going to stop there and and let y'all know that I I recorded a podcast about archetypes um, earlier on when I began my podcast. So I want you to go back to that. Um, I I believe it's called, has to do with archetypes. I can't remember the title right now, but it's one of the earlier ones where I talk to you about the different parts of yourself and how you can get in your own way and how you can get out of your own way. But archetypes are just different aspects of ourselves. We have uh, the child, the victim, the saboteur, the prostitute, the warrior, the king, the queen, the clown, you name it, the savior, you name it. If you look at your life, you can think about all the different roles that you have played. Uh, And those are your archetypes. Um, So the way I think about it is... In order to become resourceful, uh, you've gotta become a different part of yourself. You've gotta tap into that other part of yourself. So some may call this archetype, the one that is resourceful, the resource finder, or the detective, the one who really looks at all the details, all different aspects, changes the perspective of things to find out a way to figure out the solution. Maybe you call yourself the problem solver, Maybe you call yourself Wonder Woman or the Bonic Man or the Master of All Things. Whatever archetype label you can give to yourself to liberate you from feeling stuck, I want you to think about doing that. Just whatever name fits for you that comes up. You can change it at any time. You could actually kind of do a funky uh, evaluation and think about what names would you give all of those aspects of yourself. So when you get a chance, go back and listen to uh, the archetypes uh, recording that I made. So, really, you can give, like I said, any name that you want that fits for you, but you have to remember to call on this archetype when you're in what I call a choice bind. So, I'm also suggesting that you find somebody you trust to hash out the issue. But here's the catch this person has to be somebody who doesn't just collude with you in your misery. And for those of you who are confused about what the word collude means, it means somebody who's gonna join you in being unhappy and feeling stuck and encouraging and reinforcing your resourcelessness. So I want you to find somebody who can look at things from a different perspective. This is somebody who has the capacity to offer you a different point of view so that you can resolve your challenge uh, and this person needs to be able to identify options and share them with you so that you can try them on to see if they fit. And it may be that you reach out to other people and, uh, you know, they tell you, maybe they tell you the same thing and you don't like it. Maybe they tell you 10 different things and you don't know which fits for you. That, that's the time when you need to percolate on everything you've understood, everything you've heard, and see what truly fits. And if you truly want to get out of your situation, Uh, unscathed, then you just might need to try on something new that maybe you feel a little intimidated about. Maybe you're uncertain, but if you trust that person enough who has suggested it, you might take a leap of faith and move forward. I don't know if you have ever thought about what the underlying feeling is uh, that prevents us from making decisions. Um, Most of the time, most people don't think about these things. They just feel what they feel they encounter themselves in different situations, but they're not really, and it's to no fault of y'all's own, don't worry about it, but it's, I, I tend to be uh, hypersensitive to the root of things because that's kind of what I do. I figure out the root cause of things so that I can help people move on, uh, but I'm going to tell you that there's a number one feeling that prevents us from making decisions and making choices and taking action in any part of our life. And that one feeling is fear. When we don't know what other outcomes exist, we have to choose from what we know because that's the safest. We, we, we don't know what other choices are out there. When we believe, whether consciously or unconsciously, that we're not able to handle any unexpected outcome, right? We lean back into fear and we choose from that place. We begin to think in black and white, good or bad, right or wrong. And I'll be the first to tell you that many of the best choices that we can make are really in what I call the gray space. It's that space between the choices that we believe are the only options. The gray space is uncomfortable. It's the unknown. Uh, we don't know what it will lead to. But literally, that is probably the most fruitful place you could be uh, versus just being so clear about A or B. You see, we're never without options. The gray space y'all is what I call option C. When we always have a third or fourth option, we feel great. But I'm going to tell you, we always do. We always do. Unless you're in a life or death situation. Now, when I talk about things today, I'm not talking about extremes. I'm talking about every day, When uh, you encounter a situation where you have the the potential, the option to grow, but you slink back into fear because you don't know what people are going to think. You don't know if you're capable of stepping up. You're scared to be seen, right? It's those choices I'm talking about. I'm not talking about safety. So there's always a third or fourth option. They're just harder to imagine because we've already committed to only two options that come easily to us. Does that make sense? So we go with what we know and some of the best choices are going beyond our comfort zone and thinking differently. So we are never without options, never. Sometimes we have to look at things differently in order to uncover the alternatives. Sometimes we have to learn to voice our fears to somebody who can help us to look at life a little differently. Sometimes we have to take risks Y'all, and I don't mean sometimes. I mean, we should be taking risks more often than not. It's not always the best to play it safe. Because usually when you end up playing it safe, and again, I'm not talking about extremes. When you end up playing it safe, you know inside that you're not living up to your full potential. So we have to do things differently than we've ever done them in order to have a better and happier life. I had a client, I'll call him John, who struggled in a relationship. He was always a very established person, black and white thinker. His his mind ruled more than his heart, although he happened to be, to be uh, a very sensitive guy, very strong, uh, tough guy, too. Uh, he found his game-changer woman, and he freaked out. <laughs> he fell hard and fast. He hadn't expected to meet her, and it was kind of like... Totally, totally unexpected. But the minute they met, it was just like boom. Uh, it wasn't in his game plan. He'd been single for many years, and he lived a full life. This was a really, really handsome guy, very, very accomplished. Built his his life on his own. Built his own company. Did very, very well for himself. Traveled. Could afford whatever. Gorgeous cars. Owned a beautiful home. In essence, he believed he had it all, and he didn't, like I said, he, he had been in relationships before, wasn't looking for anything, just wanted to be free and clear of any uh, emotional entanglements, um, but he didn't realize that he was missing a vital part of his life, which was a, a, a wonderful, stable woman to share his life with. So out of the blue, they met at this party, and they were both surprised. None of them, like I said, neither of them had expected it. And they felt really hard for each other the moment they met. It was as if they knew each other. And then over time, uh, John was like, he, he couldn't understand why this woman was in his life, but he couldn't, couldn't stop feeling what he felt for her. And then he encountered a very, very big challenge. Uh, and the challenge was to face his fear of becoming emotionally vulnerable and really getting close to somebody and bringing this woman into his life Or to run. And guess what he did? He ran. But he couldn't shake her. He loved her and he knew it. He knew he needed her in his life. So time passed and he couldn't stop thinking about her. And so he reached out. And when they finally got together, because she still loved him, she didn't want the relationship to end. But You can't make a relationship work if there's a runner in it. Um, You have to let that person go. So she did, and she moved on with her life. And very shortly after they broke up, probably within a month, he resurfaced. Um, He was scared because uh, he had a young child, and he was afraid to uh, bring uh, a new uh, woman. He had never introduced his child to anybody but to bring somebody into his life because he was so dedicated to his child and he did not want to do anything to um, have his child feel less than 100% important. And uh, that's one of the things that this woman just completely loved and respected about him is that he was so devoted to his, his child. So fortunately, they got together. They had some heart-to-heart talks and... And they talked about reuniting, and they agreed that they would move forward together. And one of the things that was really cool about her, because she she got option C. She got the concept of option C. She knew him really well. She knew that his head ruled his heart in a lot of ways to keep him safe. And that's what happened when he ran. He got scared, and he said, you know, I don't know how to do this, so I'm not going to do this. But his heart was dying inside. So she was able to help him understand how to think differently about his fear and how their partnership was really too good to pass up because he was scared. And the thing that she reinforced mostly was that no matter what, they had to be able to talk about things and know that together, because they committed in a partnership, they were going to deal with things together no matter what they were. And she knew, and I think he knew, that she was patient enough to be a part of his life, and they would grow together. So, I want you to think about times in your life that you felt stuck. It may have been in a romantic relationship like John. Uh, it may have been in with a job. It may have been uh, uh, when it came to when it comes to relocating. What whatever it is, and it could be along a spectrum of difficulty. But think about a time that you felt stuck or times that you felt stuck. Think about the, what questions you asked yourself. Were the questions you asked yourself, do they offer you resources or do they keep you stuck? Because I've talked before about quality questions. If you ask high quality questions to yourself, you're going to get high quality answers. If you ask low quality questions, you're going to get low quality answers. And a low quality question would be, Um, why is this happening to me? A high quality question is, okay, so A, B, and C is happening right now. Okay. What do I do so that I can use this to have a better life? That's a high quality question. So I hope you understand the difference. So when you think about what questions you ask yourself, think about the thoughts that you had. What were thoughts like, uh, Ugh, you're screwed. There's no no way out, no options. You're just going to have to uh, choose one and jump. Did you keep your thoughts to yourself or did you seek somebody out who could help you look at things differently? Did you ever consider asking anybody for help? Can you imagine what life would be like if you looked for option C in all situations instead of limiting yourself to only your thoughts and your perceived options? I think about the liberation you could feel, right? Or if you, you had people in your life, uh, whether they were friends, family or a neutral party, like a therapist or coach, um, or a mentor who you could run things by. Um, so can you imagine that when you look at your life, when you look back at your life, can you see other choices you could have made in certain situations? Now that you're out of that situation, can you see how perhaps fear played a part in your limiting beliefs and in your ability to consider other options? If you're somebody who struggles to move beyond the limiting beliefs and emotional blocks in your life, please hear what I have to say today. Seriously, been there, done that, worked with a lot of people who come in and say their first response to a question I have, like, well, What are your options? They're like, I don't know. And I tell people, You know, in in sessions with me, you have three I don't knows, and then you're going to have to answer the question. And I do that with children and adults because I know you know the answer. I know. And it's my job to get that out of you. So you're never stuck like you might want to believe. And like I said, after 26 years of being a therapist and after decades of my own self-development, I can assure you that there is always option C, option D, option E. We just have to look at things a bit differently to find them. And we just have to understand that fear never gives us options, only limitations. I'm gonna say it again. Fear never gives us options, only limitations. When fear rears its ugly head and you feel optionless, hear my voice in your head. I hear that all the time. My clients say years and years back, Janice, I hear you in my head and I know what you would tell me to do and I did it and it worked. And I'm like, yes. Reach out to somebody. Find somebody who can help you look at your situation differently. Seek out an expert with whom you can talk about your challenge and most importantly, check in with your intuition because it's never going to lead you astray. If you feel like, and you believe you have nobody in your life, nobody you, who, who can guide you into a better, better perspective, no good friends, you feel like you're alone. I am here and I want you to hear my voice. When I say to you, call me, reach out to me via email at Janice at Call my office 404-558-3971. Call me. You always have me in your corner. I hope that this has been helpful for you today to know that there is always an option C. Always. You're never stuck and you're never without somebody who can support you because I'm here. And if you feel like this podcast has been helpful, hop over to iTunes, please, and rate and write a review. Uh, the more reviews and ratings I get, uh, the higher my ranking gets. And I'm so grateful for all the people who've already gone over and done that. It's really been great and such nice feedback. And and always know that if you want a reading around something, uh, if you want to work with me to uh, and allow me to work with you to help you uh, find peace and happiness and options, it would be my honor. So I wish you a wonderful day, a blessed week, And as always, live intuitively. Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Therapist with Janice R. Cohen. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes.